take, we bind the enemy right now that would try to come in here and disrupt us in our minds, oh God, and keep our minds Lord God, focused on things that don't matter, Lord Jesus, uh, that we would clear our minds and clear our conscience and clear, oh God, our thoughts, uh, that we would center every thought, oh God, to the obedience of you right now, Lord. Uh, we take authority and dominion over every spirit, every principality and power and every devil in the name of Jesus, and we loose your spirit and your angels, oh God, uh, to move about this service and to minister and cast out every spirit, oh God, that our hearts would be ready to receive oh God, that our minds would be open and ready to receive, oh God, that we would have, uh, give us ears to hear tonight, uh, give us eyes to see and a mind to receive and to understand and comprehend uh, what is the length and breadth and height and depth, oh God, of what you would speak to us tonight. Uh, Father, we love you today and we praise you today. We thank you for your excellent goodness and grace and mercy. Father, we bring, oh God, uh, our sacrifice of praise unto you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the fruit of our lips giving praise unto your name, the fruit of our lips giving praise unto your name, God. We thank you, God, for life and health and breath. We thank you for peace and joy. We thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for clothing us with righteousness. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving right now. We thank you for every trial. We thank you for every test. We enter into your courts with praise right now. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. We praise you. We honor you. We bless you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We give you the highest praise, oh God, that we can give you tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The first church, when they came together, you know, the most technology they had was maybe hinges on their doors and maybe wheels on their cart. And that was technology to them. And we have come so far as believers. Amen. But one thing that we have in common with those first church believers is that something happened to them one day. And they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They were baptized in Jesus' name, and, and it was something that never happened to them before, and it was so special and unique. And, and so they came together, the Bible says, as people of like precious faith, and they, they joined together. They, they brought each other together in their homes, and, and they, they had fellowship and breaking of bread, and they went from house to house. Amen? We, we are just like them. We are joining together. Amen? People of like precious faith. All of us on our own journey, our own path, all of us in a different place in our walk or on our timeline, if you will. And so God is here today. Amen. And just, just in case you were wondering, the devil's still a liar. <laughs> Nothing changed from yesterday. He's still a liar today and he will be tomorrow. Amen. And so we have something that he'll never have. Hope. We have hope. We have a hope. We're looking for that place whose builder and maker is God. Amen. But while we're doing that, we're on this earth. Amen. Let's sing this chorus together while we're together again. Just praising the Lord. We're together again. In one accord. Something good is going to happen. Something good is in store. We're together again. 
Well, just praising the Lord. Well, we're together again. Oh, yes, we are. Just praising the Lord. We're together again. In one accord. Something good is going to happen. Something good. I believe that. We're together again. If you believe that, sing it with me one more time. The Lord, we're together again. Oh, yes, we are just praising the Lord. We're together again. Oh, yes, in one accord. Something good is going to happen. Good is in store. We're together again. Just praising the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you tonight. We praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. We give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. Lord, we magnify you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you came expecting. Amen. I hope you came expecting. I said, I hope you came expecting something. Amen. Something besides a hard seat to sit on. I hope you came expecting something from God. Amen. Let's not forget about our ladies' retreat coming up this week, next week. Well, yeah, this week's already halfway over. This coming week, next Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, ladies are going to go, amen, and and have a good time and, and be ministered to from the Lord. And so we want to pray for them, that God will go with them as they travel and come back, as they travel back, that he'll bless them while they're there, and he'll bless the city. Amen. Bless those people in that hotel. Maybe somebody in the hotel will get the Holy Ghost. I don't, maybe not. Maybe, no, I think they will. Amen. Amen. We're touching a lot of lives down there when we do stuff like that. And so let's, let's pray for that. Let's not forget our faith promise service that's coming up. Be in prayer about your faith promise, what God is going to prompt you to give it's going to be as brother becker said it's going to be outside and sister linda said it's going to be way outside of the boundaries of what would be comfortable for you amen amen you all saw the video of brother zimmerman and that saint in his church that brothers i was talking to brother zimmerman at the minister's conference he that guy's still being blessed even after that video's months old amen and so we don't do it just to get a blessing do we no we, we do it to be a blessing. Amen. We want to be a blessing. Men's breakfast, first Saturday of May, which is May 1st. Everybody say men's breakfast. We're going to, we're going to meet at the family restaurant at nine o'clock on that day. We're just going to have breakfast, have some fellowship, talk about the men's group and maybe get some ideas from everybody. And so I need to, I need you to let me know or let Brother Becker know if you're bringing anybody and we kind of get, need to get a number. So that I can warn those people we're coming. Amen. They're great people up there and they'll make room for us. So let's not forget those things. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one through nine. Hallelujah, Jesus. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one through verse nine. Amen. Everybody there say amen. And I, 
brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes. He's talking to the church at Corinth, right? Just remember that when you're reading this. He's talking to the church. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are not you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. Everybody say every man. That's every human being. Amen? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither is he that watereth anything. doesn't say that, but that's what the implication is. It's like Spanish. They don't repeat that. They, they, you understand that it's repeated again. But God that gave the increase, giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Interesting. They're a team, right? They work together, right? Amen. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Everybody say laborers. As a matter of fact, everybody say we are laborers together with God. Let's say that again. For we are laborers. Together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be among one another tonight, for to feel your spirit and your power among us, to know that you're here to minister to us. Lord, we come hungry, thirsting after righteousness. We come hungry. Those that are online have come hungry and thirsty, Lord Jesus. We thank you for our pastor who is not able to be here tonight. We pray your blessing upon him. And, Father, we pray your blessing upon those that are in the sound of my voice tonight, that God would speak something into their spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You can be seated. Laborers together with God. Laborers together with God. I, I could just... We could just have a, a moment of silence and just think about that for a minute. Laborers, that's what we are. We're not in this by ourselves. Sometimes we feel like we are, but we're not. We're laborers together with God. You did a whole series on together one month. We're together. It's not, it's not, a, it's, he's not just sending us down here by ourselves. When we send a missionary overseas, they're not just going by themselves. They're going, God's going with them. He's already there, as a matter of fact, waiting on them to get there. Because He's the one that called them there, and he, He's making the way for them to be there. But they got to be laborers with Him. We, we don't just stand back and let God do everything, because He won't. He won't. So we are laborers together with God. 
Now, I'm going to read these same nine verses in something called the Passion Translation, okay? And it's a little bit more simpler. So I think some of it, when you, when you hear some of this, it's going to maybe help your understanding a little bit. I don't, I don't hold one translation above another, but I just, I have this on my iPad and I just found it interesting when I read this scripture in this version. It says, brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature people. For you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. And because you are immature infants in Christ, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with solid food or more of more advanced teachings, because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready to be fed solid food, for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Remember, he's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. Just imagine yourself being the church and you're having to hear this. Can you imagine some of the people in the congregation going, excuse me? Right? Who does Paul think he is? Now, none of us would ever do that, right? None of us have ever done that. Who does that preacher think he is? Right? But that's, I, I, I promise you, if they were human like we are, there was somebody in that, in that group that was saying that. Because if you know about the churches in Corinth and these other cities, they had all kinds of problems. And what most of their problems dealt with was what? This right here. Flesh. Right? Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Ask yourselves. Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. For when you divide yourselves up in groups, a Paul group and an Apollos group, you are acting like people without the Spirit's influence. Who is Paul? Or excuse me, who is Apollos, really? Or who is Paul? Aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message? Right? I heard it from a preacher, and I said, that's for me. It doesn't matter what his name is doesn't matter who he is. He was just a servant. He was just there when I was there. We just met at the same point. He had a message to preach. I heard it, right? Everybody relating with what I'm saying, right? I said, okay, i got to go do this. Something in me says go do this. So that's what he's saying. Who's Paul? Who's Apollos? Who's, who's any of these? Anybody who heard this? They're just servants. You're acting like people without the Spirit's influence. Aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned us to? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord's assigned us to? And he didn't assign it to us by ourselves. He didn't say, okay, here's your assignment, Sister Linda, go do it. No, he didn't do that. You're on your own. Don't call me unless you absolutely get into a bind you can't get out of. He didn't do that. He said, I'll go with you. We're laborers together. Verse 6, I was the one who planted the church, and Apollos came and cared for it. But it was God who caused it to grow. We cannot cause a church to grow. God gave the increase in the King James, right? 
we can we can struggle and we can labor in our own labor, in our own flesh. We can do all the stuff we think we need to do to make it happen, but in the end, nothing's going to happen. We're just going to frustrate ourselves, right? Unless God said to told you to go do that, you're just on your own. You're out there on your own, right? We're going to get into this. This means the one who plants is an is not anybody special, nor the one who waters. For God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now, the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important and on the same team. But each will be rewarded for his own work. Who are, excuse me, we are co-workers with God. Amen. And you are God's cultivated I like this part. You are God's cultivated garden. Is he still cultivating in our garden? Is he still working on us? Is he? I mean, we have to be letting him. Because he won't violate our will, will he? Right? He won't. If you push back, God will say, okay. I'm a gentleman. I'm I'm not going to force myself on you. Nobody forced you to be saved, did they? Nobody said you had to do it. Nobody's making me do this. We sing that song. This is how I choose to live. Right? So we are his cultivated garden. And I pray that I ask God every day, please be cultivating. Please be cutting away. Please be pruning. Please be doing whatever it is you need to do to pull out of me whatever's down deep in there that I don't know about so that I can, just like he did with Job, so I can deal with that. Because I want to be his fellow laborer. I don't want nothing in the way. Give us clean hands. What is the Bible saying? A pure heart. Amen? It's not just a one-time deal. we gotta, we got to come before his presence every day with singing. Amen? we got to come before his presence with praise and, and thanksgiving and worship and, and reminding us ourselves and reminding him that he's in control of our life. He's our Heavenly Father. And it says that we are the house He is building. Amen. He's still working on me. Make me what I ought to be. Right? I don't ever want to get to the place, Sister Becker, where I can't say that. That He's done. I don't ever want to get to the place, Sister Parker, where he said, I say, He's done. I'm done. Stick stick me to the side over here. Work on somebody else. I don't want that. I don't want that. I want God to keep working on me. Because I don't know about you, but I want to make it. I want to make it. And I'm going to make it by God's grace and mercy. But in the meantime, I'm going to be Busy about my father's business. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do my level best that I can to be his fellow laborer. Cause he said through Paul that we are laborers together with God. In the next, it sounds like from what Brother Becker said, I'm gonna be doing this for a couple of weeks. So you're gonna be hearing this for a while. You might be hearing me repeat that over and over again. But this is just, I I didn't get this out of a book. I didn't get it. God just told me to go here. So this is where I'm going. 
And so he's trying to tell us something. You know, there's been, there's been emphasis about this city and emphasis coming from this pastor about the, we need to get out there. And so God is, is, he's really just, to me, he's, he's confirming what that man's already said. Where, where God's taken him and his spirit and his mind. So Jesus is and should be the, the foundation of all that we say and do. Isn't that correct? As members and subjects of his kingdom. Are we not subjects of his kingdom? The Bible says that we're his, his sons. Right? He gave us a royal robe, just like that prodigal son. He put the ring on our hand. He gave us authority and power. The Bible says all power and authority is in him. And if he, that's in him and he's in us, what does that mean? That we have his authority and power as his sons. We're his bride, right? I don't know about you, but my bride gets preferential treatment all the time. Right? She better. <laughs> right? And that's that we are his bride, right? And we're his servants. Doesn't the Bible say that? We're his servants? And that, that word servant in the New Testament means slave. You could say it, we're his love slave. This one, it's a labor of love, isn't it? It ought to be. It's not. And my, my thought is that if it's, if what you're doing seems burdensome and laborious, then it might not be a labor of love. It might just be you trying so hard to do something for God instead of just stepping back and just letting Him work through you. Right? <laughs> We're going to get into this. When Jesus said to the Heavenly Father, Nevertheless, not my will, not as I will in one, one version of that, He said, not as I will, but as you will. Where was He, where was he when He said that? Y'all can participate. Where was he? In a garden. Why was he in that garden? For us, right? <laughs> he was taking on all of the shame and the everything that came with our sin nature and our sin. He was there. He was. That's why he sweat great drops of blood. He was feeling all of that coming down on his shoulders, and he he actually tried to pray his way out of it. Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, why was he doing that? Do you think that that was a teachable moment? Do you? Do you? Really? It's not just a... It was a teachable moment, okay? It was. And that was... Paul knew that. Paul knew that. He never knew Jesus personally, but Paul made this statement. Follow me as I follow Christ. Did he not? He said that. He included that moment on the garden, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he said that. That's why Paul said things like, I die daily. Because Paul understood that this Jesus that he was following now Everywhere he went and everything he did, what did he say? Almost in almost every case, he said, I'm not, it's not me saying this, it's the Father. 
I'm just saying what he's telling me to say. Uh, it's not me doing it. I'm just doing what the Father told me to do. Right? Jesus didn't do anything on his own. And so that's why Paul said that. And if you follow Paul's ministry, you find that Paul was the same way. If he was trying to go to a city and the Holy Ghost said, nope, don't go there, did he go? No. Matter of fact, don't go there. I'm going to send you a dream about a guy in Macedonia. You're going there. Where did Paul go? Wherever the Father told him to go. Follow me as I follow Christ. And so Jesus Christ was given us an example, among many others that he did in his life, to follow. Nevertheless, Father, not my will. Yeah, 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 I know, God, that you want me to go to this place and do this thing and say this to this person, but let me show you my idea. Right? Do we do that? Here, God, here's what we decided. Would you bless it now? (laughs) Do we do that? You don't have to answer. (laughs) I know I'm guilty. (laughs) Isn't this a good idea, God? Yeah, but that's not the way I asked you to do it. Right? You can do it that way if you want to. He doesn't talk to anybody like that. But if you do it that way, you're on your own. If I ever heard those words from God, I'd say, okay, let's go. If you ever said, he hasn't said it to me, but if you ever said you're on your own, I'd be like, I repent. What is it you need me to do? He saved us and made us kings and priests, didn't he? He made us royal sons. And in this scripture that we read, Paul, the Holy Ghost speaking through Paul, is telling us that we have another special place and position in his kingdom. And, and, you know, Paul wasn't getting on the saints of the church. I mean, he was. But he was trying to to stir them up. He said, I I need you, God needs you to be come up to, to a level and be ready to go to work. And you can't do it if you quit. Don't quit acting like babies. Isn't that what he said? That's what he said. I gotta feed you babies milk because you can't handle the regular steak. Right? Was, was that what Paul was saying? Just, if we just kind of put it in our own vernacular, quit acting like babies. Grow up, people. Right? I, I know it might sound hard to somebody, but you have to, you have to, you have to imagine Paul saying this to grown people in the Holy Ghost. He's not just running his mouth. And, you know, Paul, he never spoke anything. He's, he said, I don't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. And so whatever he was saying, I believe he was saying in the Holy Ghost. And so Paul's like, come on, guys. Time to grow up. There's a, there's a world to save out there. You gotta go see your neighbor. We, we gotta do this thing for the kingdom. And then he, he went right into, right after all that, he went right into, hey guys, come on, we're fellow laborers. Paul and I, Paul and Paulus and I are nothing. Y'all are holding us up in this great esteem, but we're really nothing. We're just like you. We're just laborers. We're just servants. 
God sent me to start the church. He sent Apollos to, to pastor the church. And But God, He's the one that brought it to be. Paul and Apollos had to do things the way God said to do it. Or talk to this person. You think God doesn't do that? Huh? He does. Don't you remember what's his name in, in, in uh, Ireland? Missionary? Yeah. When he went, he just went to, he, he remember he talked, talked about he met that guy, that Filipino guy? <laughs> that wasn't a chance meeting. Y- y'all don't, do you know the story? He, he was in Ireland and there was this, there's a whole population of, of Filipino people in Ireland apparently and this guy that he met wanted him to come to his house and teach a Bible study and it was, it was totally, uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was an awesome moment. So he said, okay, okay. So he shows up there and there's a whole house full of people. It was like a Cornelius moment. I mean, when I say house full, he said they were standing around the wall, sitting on all the furniture. He said they went down the hallway. There were people everywhere in that house. And this guy was some kind of head teacher of some kind of karate school or something. And all these people, he's, it was like Cornelius. He had a house full. <laughs> and so he said he threw his chart over the guy's TV and started teaching a home Bible study off the chart. And before he knew it, tears everywhere in the building. And that, you know, I guess that guy's a pastor in that area today. So you don't know. God might tell you to go over there and talk to that guy that looks like a total biker dude that would just, just as soon kill you as look at you. But if God's telling you to go talk to that guy, go talk to him. Don't be afraid. Because you don't know about that guy. He might be a total teddy bear. Right? And he might have just been praying that morning, unbeknownst to all of his other biker buddy friends, that, God, if you're real, send somebody to talk to me today. And if you're that one and you don't do it, I wouldn't want to be you. Missed opportunity, right? Would that person, if that person goes to hell, would that person's blood be on your hands? And that's what Paul was trying to get across to the church at Corinth. Guys, come on. Your fellow laborers, let's, let's get, let's get with the program here. Okay? No, we're laborers together. Together with God. We're laborers together with God. We're laborers together with God. So you mean to tell, wait a minute. It says that we are laborers together. So does, does that mean that God is laboring? Because we are laborers together, that means both of us are laboring, right? Is God laboring? He sure is. Because it said we are his garden that he's working on and we are his house he's built. So yeah. <laughs> In the midst of all that, of us doing what he wants us to do to reach that soul over there, he's working on us. So yeah, you could say in a, in a sense he is laboring. We're in this thing together, right? He will not bypass human agency to get his kingdom 
to move forward, will he? I mean, I could go there and we could be here all night. But I could start in Genesis and with Adam and, you know, just as sure as, as Adam was born or made, what did he do? He said, oh, come over here and name all these animals. He put man to work immediately. And then you think after what happened with Adam and Eve, that would have been the end of that, right? No. He's still using man today. Old sinful man. Still using him. Why? You think he could win lacrosse if we just all sat here and, yeah, of course he could. If God wanted to, he could win the whole city by himself. He didn't need any of us. But that's not how he works. The original disciples, when they came after him and followed him, what did he tell them in that great commission? And that one, that wasn't for just those 12 guys, was it? Was it? For this promise is unto you, your children, and all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And that means everybody in this room and the ones we haven't seen come in here yet. Right? Because he's not done calling. The rapture hadn't happened, so he's still calling. He's still drawing. Are we doing, are we doing our part as the other side of the fellow laborer to help him make that happen. He needs us. You get that? He needs us. He needs us to pray. He needs us to pray. We pray His will into existence. You know that? We do. What did He tell us to pray? He commanded us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. As it's already done in heaven, so let it be done on earth. Because in God's economy, it's already been done. We already have a house full in God's mind. We just don't have it right now. But God sees it. He sees way beyond where we are sitting right now at this very moment. Because he knows what? The end from the beginning, the beginning from the ending. So the, the, the thing is that we got to find our place in God and get busy doing whatever it is he's called us to do. Just like I read in the Passion Translation, that's what it said. He's called each one of us to a ministry. <clears throat> and gossiping's not a ministry. And being a busybody is not a ministry. And all I could just go on and on, but I won't. Those kind of things aren't a ministry. You might call that a ministry, but that's not a ministry. Right? Ministry is about serving others. That's all Jesus ever did. He never thought about himself. He never even had a place to live once he moved out of Mary and Joseph's house. He never had a, a bed to sleep on. He just went, he just stayed on his feet the entire time. From boat to mountain to you name it. He was a soldier probably, right? <laughs> he did. He had no, when, when that one young man wanted to follow him, he said, but just letting you know, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. You still want to follow me? Right? And we are laborers together with, with Jesus Christ, the God that saved us. 
Amen? Genesis 1, 26 said, And God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion. 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 What is dominion? That's that's like authority. That's like, let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. He gave us dominion. <laughs> Do we act like it? Do we act like we're fellow laborers? Genesis 2.15 says, And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. He put him to work immediately. Genesis 2.19 and 20 says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Well, why did God name them? Because Adam had a part to play. We have a part to play. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. He let Adam have that authority and that dominion and that control. He let him have the the decision on what they were called. Platypus, alligator, whatever. I don't know if he named them names like Billy Goat. I don't know. Sammy the Mule, I don't know. I've heard people say that, but no, he probably just named them what they are. I'm just going to go with that. And Adam gave names to the cattle. It says names. And to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But Adam, but for Adam there was not found a help me for him. Right? And in all of that, he still had to depend on God. He was still God's creation. He still had to depend on his creator. Because we won't go into it, but further on it talks about the... Now, Adam, you got this great big garden you got to take care of and all these creatures, but you just can't touch... You can't eat any of the fruit off that tree over there. Just that one tree. The rest of it you can have. Right? He just couldn't resist. It's all flesh. Right? So dominion is God's delegated authority. All us military folks in here know what that is, right? Delegated authority. Right? Your E7 could come to you as an E4 and give you delegated authority to act in his place. And everybody in the unit that knew that had to do what you said. Because you, everybody knew that he just gave you that delegated authority. Didn't matter at that point what was on here. Because you might as well just pin the E7 on. Right? That's how it was. And God gave us, I mean, what, what better delegated authority than that, right? The authority of Almighty God, Creator. We have His authority today living in each one of us. You have authority to cast out demons right now. You don't, you don't need your dad. Or you, or anybody, you can do it. Right? You could lay hands on somebody and God would heal them. You have that authority. We all do. We just don't use it. Like we should. We just need to realize who we are and whose we are and what authority we have. And when we figure that out, <laughs> the devil is just going to have a time. 
He's going to have to go find somewhere else to play. Right? So you could say of Jesus that he and his father were yoked together. Could you not? Were they? Weren't they? I'm in the Father and the Father in me. Everything I do, I do because the Father says to do it. Right? So they were yoked together. The Holy Almighty God and the God and robed in flesh. They were, they were yoked together. Jesus didn't say, say anything, make a move, or go anywhere without the Father telling him. Right? Matthew eleven twenty seven through 30 says, All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he who to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Has any, anybody had that happen? Had the Father and the Son? Anybody had any revelation about who Jesus is? Awesome. Come unto me, all ye who labor, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, does anybody in here not know what a yoke is? You? I wish I had a whiteboard. I'd draw you one. You ever seen two picture of two, two oxen together and they got this big piece of wood over their heads and they're all locked in there next to each other together? That's a yoke. And when they, when they put cattle in a yoke like that, or oxen, correct me if I'm wrong, they put a seasoned oxen that knows where he's going, knows how to plow a straight line and all that stuff in one side of that yoke. And they put a new guy, new oxen, in the other side of the yoke, right? All you farm people, right? So when the, when they, when they hitch the oxen up to the, to the plow, the guy that's doing most of the pulling and most of the tugging and and most of the direction and everything is that seasoned bull, right? What's that other guy doing? He's learning. He ain't carrying a load. He don't even have to worry about going straight. All he's got to do is follow that guy right next to him, walk where he walks. When he takes a left foot step, he takes a left foot step, right? Just like marching in step, right? They got to march in step. And over time, you do that every day with that new ox. You do that every day with that new ox, and pretty soon, he's going to start getting it. Pretty soon, he's going to start getting it. And then all of a sudden, one day, that old ox is going to, he's going to have a day off, and the new, the old new, the new, old new guy is going to get to go over in that left side of that yoke, and another new guy is going to come alongside of him. And he's going to train that new, that new guy how to do that. And it's all done inside that yoke. And it forces them to work. Everybody said, together. Y'all are good. Together. 
together. In verse 28 in Matthew that I read, it says, Come to me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden. Well, I thought we just read that we are laborers. If you look up the Greek for that word labor, it doesn't mean the same as that other word labor. It doesn't. It's, it means labor, fatigue, to be worn out, weary, faint, to weary oneself with labor, to toil. To me, that what that's saying is you're trying to do it yourself. You're wearing yourself out. That doesn't happen in ministry today, does it? <laughs> it does, doesn't it? In every denomination. If you wanted to look up articles on the web on preachers and ministers and pastors getting wore out and, and, and all that, you could find articles till the cows come home. Of every denomination, you know, CEOs of companies, well, I would never be a pastor. That's just too hard of a job. That'll wear you out and make you old, you know, and all, they say all kinds of stuff. And I, to me, I just wonder if, if it's some of it's they're, they're using their own human effort sometimes and God's nowhere in what they're doing. Cause <laughs> I'm just reading this. God says right here, through Jesus Christ, He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. If we get in the yoke with Him, who's doing the pulling? He is. We're learning. It's, it's, it's easy, it says. My burden is light. Take all those weights and all that stuff that you're carrying around all by yourself and throw it down and get under the yoke with me. Because He just said, Paul said, we're fellow laborers. We're laborers together. That word, those words heavy laden there mean burdened or weighed down. Anybody ever felt burdened or weighed down? Man, this is too hard, Sister Linda. Oh my gosh. Nobody's ever felt that way about doing things in the kingdom, right? And so I, I, you know, sometimes, I mean, I've, I've gotten like that and I've had to go and, and Get before God and say, you know, it's like you go to God and say, what are you doing wrong? And he goes, no, it's not me, it's you. Stop stop kicking against the prick, Paul. Stop fighting it. Just give up. That's what that, that's what that ox on the other side of that yoke has to do, is give up. He's just locked in with that other guy and he just kind of... If he doesn't walk, what happens? He gets dragged. <laughs> he gets dragged, right? Who wants to be dragged around? So instead of wearing ourselves out, trying to try hard to do things that God never told us to do, we, we just need to say, okay, God, what would you have me to do? Help me to be like Paul said. Let me follow Paul. Because Paul told those that were listening, what did he say? Follow me, Paul, as I follow Christ. So is Paul a good example to follow? Right? He wrote most of the books in the New Testament. I'd say if God let him write those things that we're reading today, then I'd say he's a pretty good example to follow. And he said all those things to those churches in love. Because he was trying to encourage them. 
to edify them, to lift them up. He wasn't tearing them down. He was trying to wake them up and say, come on, this is God's business. It's not our business. We're just laborers together, guys. He was, he was probably in his mind thinking back to that whole yoke thing. Let's get in the yoke with God. Let Him be the one. What does it say in the book of Acts? At the very end of the book of Acts chapter 2, what does it say almost the last verse there? It says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. One translation says such as were being saved. Well, how were they being saved? Well, we were having them over to our house. We were having... Uh, liver and onions at our house tonight, and so we had a bunch of them over to our house, and they didn't come for the liver and onions. They said they did, but half of them didn't like it. So, But they came to hear the gospel. I love liver and onions about twice a year. <laughs> about all I can handle. <laughs> there's a guy in this, I won't say who it is, but there's a guy in this building right now that makes the best liver and onions I ever tasted. You just have to use your own deciphering tools or whatever and figure out who that is. Shut up, Brother Richard. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said you. Stifle you. Verse 9 of 1 Corinthians. For we are laborers together. I'm not going to try to drag this out to 8 o'clock. I'm just... Because it's kind of like bringing me to the next place, and I don't want to get started for next week. If I'm if I if he lets me come back next week, we'll see. <laughs> for we are laborers together with God. We are His husbandry or His garden that He's working on, and we're His building. We're we, He's working on us. So let's just let Him. Let's let Him. Amen. I want God to lead me. I don't want to lead God. Because if we start leading God, he'll just say, see ya. Holler at me when you get back. (laughs) Praise God. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and mercy and grace. We thank you for your excellent greatness. We thank you for your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. We thank you, Father, for every word that was spoken here in this place tonight. Lord, not that it were my words. But you use me as your vessel, Father, and that you, the words that were spoken with ministered to somebody online, ministered to somebody in this building, Father, and I know it's ministered to me and to my spirit, Father. We thank you for coming before us and being with us in this place, Lord Jesus. We know that you're omnipresent. You're everywhere all at the same time, all the time. And so we thank you, Father, for being not only in this place, but in each one of us. We pray that you go with us as we go from this place, Father, to keep us, Lord, and to use us for your glory for your purpose and as your vessels of honor in jesus name we pray amen everybody said amen